Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. Every week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. And today our special guest is Ed Kalinka, and you've come all the way from New Jersey. You're a Rotarian there. Yes, I am, in Florham Park, New Jersey. Well, Ed... Welcome to uh, Radio Rotary. I interrupt you. I'm sorry. You're from Floral Park, New Jersey. Floral Park, New, New Jersey, and I was originally a member of the Paquanic Valley Club. Oh, very good. So how long have you been a Rotarian collectively? I've been a Rotarian since 1994. Okay. Uh, Ed, you are here because you've done something truly unique uh, in Rotary. Tell us a little about about your, was it your doctoral or master's thesis? This is actually an educational specialist degree. Okay. Uh, which is an intermediary step between your master's and doctorate. And I did a study on why Rotarians volunteer in an examination of their motives and incentives. What made you decide to do that? Well, we recognize that in Rotary uh, th- there's a problem with membership. We've had 1.2 million members over the past uh, 15 years or so. Uh, and we've grown uh, internationally, but we've been reduced in our membership in the United States. So we looked to do a study as to ascertain why and then examine the motives and incentives of Rotarians to see if we can glean from that something which would give us further insight as to how to deal with membership. Well, you know, if I, if I were to guess without actually looking at your report, I would say that's just a question of demographics. Some people join, some people die, you know, and that's the natural order of things. And, it's and something volu- more than that? Yeah, well, volunteerism, that's not unique to, to Rotary necessarily. I, I, many nonprofits, for example, that depend on uh, volunteers to help keep the wheels churning. But but it is interesting. Why do people volunteer? What is What, what pushes their buttons to jump on board, step up? Well, you, you, you mentioned uh, a number of things uh, dealing with um, the changing demographics in the United States. Our population has has almost doubled in the past 50 years. But Rotary participation, and actually participation in all civic organizations that require membership uh, and attendance, has declined. Uh, there have been a number of studies, one most particularly by Putnam and Bowling alone, that cites that membership since 1964 has dropped, uh, dropped dramatically. And one of the reasons for that is with the tremendous increase in the number of foundations, uh, which require uh, only for you to give a check. Uh, we've had in 1900, there were 83 community chests that really helped in social situations. By 1990, there were 615,000. So people are giving money, not their time. Correct. There are a number of organizations that you can just send a check or mm-hmm. you can participate in a one-day event and not have to formally belong. Well, let's, let's move to the more positive. What, are the, what is getting people to join Rotary? What is it about Rotary that intrigues somebody? Why would they become interested from your, from your uh, research? Well, the research finds that it's pretty universal as to why people um, become active in a volunteer organization. They will join for three levels of, of reasons, one being a, a normative reason, which means people are doing things for altruistic reasons. They're doing things for um, affiliative reasons, which means they're looking for the socialization, they're looking to become involved. And they're doing things for rational reasons, meaning they have some self-serving interest. In other words, they're joining a club because they expect to either get some business out of it or they're looking to volunteer to learn some new aspect. Uh, of that business or some new trade. 
Now, Ed Klinker of the uh, Floral Florham Park, New Jersey Rotary, who's done this study about why people uh, volunteer and why they join Rotary. Now, I'm sure you didn't just sit in an armchair and think this all out. You probably did some legwork. Leg Tell us about your research. How did you, first of all, how did you first come up with the idea, and then how did you implement the idea? Well, first came up with the idea because we've been a, a Rotarian for quite some time and recognized that membership is the key to our survival. You know, this is an issue. If Rotary is going to survive or any volunteer organization is going to survive, we need to continually have new members come on board. And the question to me is, well, if I came on board and I saw the um, the positive aspects of Rotary, why is it that other people don't? And the key that I found was that I was touched um, by a by an article that I had seen uh, that was um, in the in the Pequannock area at the time, about 20 years ago. So a newspaper. You read something in the newspaper that touched you. Touched my heart, absolutely. It was about a, uh, a young gal that had been uh, involved in a, in a shooting accident. She was paralyzed, and this particular Rotary Club, which happened to be the Pequannock Rotary Club, got together and they retrofitted this gal's house so it would become wheelchair accessible. And I had a, uh, an event in my life where a dear friend of mine had been paralyzed, and I had helped uh, with others to retrofit his house. And I said to myself, this is a wonderful organization. This is something that I can identify with. This is an organization that is something that's really good. Um, and so I, it, it took me a bit of time, but I eventually... Uh, found Rotary and, and joined. Did you know anybody? Did you know any other Rotarian, or did you actually just seek out a club all on your own? Actually, uh, I was interested in that time. When I first saw that article, it was in 1988. I didn't become a Rotarian until 1994, because so many things happen in, on life's journey, so many twists and turns. Um, it wasn't until uh, 1994 when I started my own business and we started to become more and more involved with the community. Then the question came up, what organizations can I become involved with? And, of course, once again, that name had been planted of Rotary and what they did. And I said, my gosh, this is an organization that I want to belong now, to. Now, what do you do for a living, Ed? I'm a real estate broker. And how is that? How how I, is it just interesting? I don't want to digress a little bit, but this is a very hot topic right now. Oh, absolutely for everybody. So uh, how how has the climate been recently? I now understand why they say broker. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's enough about that. That's <laughs> now, Ed, uh, you know, for people who are listening, saying Jay, you know, Ed has touched my heart, and Rotary sounds like a great place to join. I want to remind them that they just have to go to rotary.org, R-O-T-A-R-Y.org. Click on the club locator button, find your local club by putting in your hometown, and uh, attend their breakfast or lunch or dinner meeting, whichever it is, and they'll be happy to welcome you, and, and you get to find out what the great things that Ed and Sarah and I have been talking about here. Um, Ed, so now we know that uh, Rotary touched your life uh, through their example. You joined up with Rotary, and again, you decided one day to do this study. Uh, how did you find out the information you needed to find out to complete your study? Well, there, there, first, there, there's a number of theories regarding motivation. And, uh, you know, the, the classic example is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But then also not only motivation, but what motivates people within an organizational setting. You know, for that, we look towards McGregor's theories X and theories Y. And also how it affects their environment. So for that, we're looking at Hertzberg's uh, um, theories. 
So putting these all together to create a lens to examine Rotary Clubs and then the particular reasons why individuals join Rotary is because they, they are looking for something. We are social animals. It is by nature, we'll see that uh, even Goleman in his social intelligence talks about we're wired to connect. You know, we have this feeling of empathy, and I believe that's what Rotary excels at. We empathize. We see people in need, and we take action. So with this, under the, um, the lens of what these fundamental desires we have with our basic physiological needs, our needs for security, our needs for belonging, our needs for safety, and our needs for self-actualization, we're able to determine that there are three basic reasons why people look to join. Just again, once again, they're looking for some way in which they can benefit, another way in which they can socialize, and then a means in which they can become, uh, they can become involved in altruistic efforts. Let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. This is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the lovely Sarah O'Connell. Our very special guest, Ed Kalinka, who's telling us about his uh, study of why people volunteer. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary in just 60 seconds. What can you do as a member of Rotary? You can eradicate polio. You can promote peace. You can feed the hungry. You can help children do better in school. Whether it's helping to eliminate a dreaded disease, volunteering at a food bank, or equipping a school library, Rotary is people who know that by working together, you can do anything. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in Motion. Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell, and welcome back to Radio Rotary. I'm joined by my host, uh, co-host Jonah Trebwasser and our very special guest today, Ed Kalinka, who's come from New Jersey. And we're discussing why people volunteer, what motivates the human animal to get involved with um, something bigger than they are. And very specifically, we're talking about rotary volunteerism, Ed. Yes. You know, in, in, in our study, I had uh, sub, you know, I'd found uh, a group of volunteers from District 7470 who were willing to participate in this study and answer a good number of questions uh, about why they, why they volunteered. And what we were able to glean from that and to draw some conclusions, we, f- we found that majority of the people who volunteered were also members of other volunteer organizations because studies have shown and, and my study has uh, reconfirmed that if people volunteer, they're involved in more than one organization. So if you want something done, ask a busy person? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, because they are already motivated. And one of the key findings we, we see here is that people's motivation, you know, comes from within. It's not as if you can use external forces to motivate them. You know, the people have the passion burning within them. So it's just a matter of creating the right environment to stoke that, you know, those passions and to give them a voice. Now, Ed Kalinka, what, uh, what methodology did you use to ask the questions? Did you just send out a, a flyer, or did you do it person-to-person? How did you do it? We, ha- we had uh, two sets of questions. The first set of questions was, uh, you know, contained 16 questions. The, the second set had eight. And these were open-ended questions that we, were, we asked them. Like, uh, like give us an example you know of one let's, or two. Let's do this. Let's be sneaky about this. Okay. Okay. Let's interview Sarah O'Connell and find out why she volunteers for oh, Rotary. Great. Oh, you can, interview, so you can interview both of us. That's fine. Oh, 
marionette. Go ahead. Fire away. That's great. Fire away. You know, but... You know, we'll, we'll ask you as well, Jonah. Absolutely. You know, we'll ask a few questions well, one, of one Jonah of the, and Sarah. Let's do two or three questions, and let's find out what the answers are. Right, okay. Here's one of the one of the key questions is, is that... Um, and they can play along at home, of course. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, has there been anyone in your life uh, that you have you know, that you've had that, that did volunteer work? Has there been anyone in my life? There have been many people in my life. Um, most of my socialization is through organizations I'm involved with and my friends and relationships. And, and who, were, who, was the greatest, who had the greatest impact upon you as a role model? As a role model in what respect? It's an open-ended question. It's an open-ended Anything. Oh, I would have to say Basil Thompson and Robert Joffrey. Welcome to Radio Rotary True Confessions with Sarah O'Connell. <laughs> Next question. And, and what is it that they did that impressed you so much? Well, they ran a dance company in New York called the Joffrey Ballet. And in another life, I was a scholarship student there. Oh, the world famous Joffrey. Uh, Were you a dancer? Yes. yes, I was a dancer. Wow. Yeah, I was a performer. We have to get that uh, picture of you in a, in a tutu uh, no, on the website. No, we do not. They're all under my bed it, at my uh, mother's and, house. And, and one of the other questions is, is uh-huh. in, in what way at all did they exemplify service above self? They, because anybody who is in the arts um, is is a very passionate person, um, there's no guarantees that you're ever really going to make a living at it. Clearly, that was an extraordinary situation to have a world-class uh, dance company, basically. Um, and um, it's a very collaborative environment. Any type of performing, everybody who's involved has to be in 100% for the product to work. So I think that learning, when I say... Everything I've learned about life and needed to know, I learned in a dance studio. And the follow-up question would be Mm -hmm. is, how did you find out about Rotary? I found out about Rotary through my community. I live in the northwest corner of Connecticut now. And um, through friends and community people, again, who are out contributing, because all of our communities are really a reflection of uh, anything that happens in the community is a reflection of the people who exist in it. I believe that. And, and I really think that you, 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 are, you should give and then you receive. Now, these are all excellent answers to excellent questions, Edward. But, you know, uh, I've done surveys. They, you know, they send you surveys at home or on the computer where they say, well, pick one to five, poor to excellent, you know, like service at a hotel. She's given comprehensive, open-ended answers. How do you then make a statistical survey out of that it's 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 not necessarily a statistical mm-hmm. survey what happens a statistical survey is a uh, a quantitative survey this is a qualitative survey where we're looking to uh, encourage to give the the respondent a voice because we're not looking to pigeonhole any answers we're looking for motivation and you're not going to find that in a likert scale that goes one to five so here we're going to ask a follow-up question who was it who was the individual that approached you about Rotary, and how did you come to join your club? Uh, John Hibafney, who was then the executive director of Camp Sloan in Lakeville, Connecticut, asked me to join Rotary. And he asked, I think, two other women, because they were a little light on the, the women in the club. It was definitely a good old boys club. Um, and I will tell you that when I was installed, initiated, that the gentleman who did it, I looked at his name tag, and he had been the past president before I was born. 
And let me tell you, I mean, Jonas says I'm younger than springtime. Younger I have than a, springtime. I have a couple of miles you, you, on these wheels. You bring up so many good points that we were able to also glean from this survey. But the follow-up point is from, from the time you were introduced and mm-hmm. asked to join Rotary, what was the time period or gap between the time you actually did? Oh, it was, it was pretty much right away. And the thing is, they came right out and said it. We want people who are involved in the community. We want doers. We want energy. We want some youth. I was the youngest person in my Rotary Club for many years. You know, the usual so, question is, uh, from the time you were asked to join Rotary to the time you became president, how many months was yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I keep uh, – I'm sorry. I'm still working full-time and on many other boards, so <laughs> – I'm uh, Jonah is the sitting president of the Red Hook Club. You are aware of that, right, Ed? I, Did I, you know no, that? He's have not you been? Me questions. Have you have you been president? I have, and uh, and actually, uh, if this is true confessions, Jonah and I have met at the, uh, uh-huh. the Pets Convention. Okay. It was a delight. Which yeah. is presidents. Pets elect training, elect, elect seminar. training. So right. when you're going in, you're rotating in as a president. You attend a workshop, or, or like myself, I'll be the upcoming assistant governor. Right. Okay. Right. The, oh, really? But, but the oh, next, that's news. But the follow-up question yes. to, to this yes, is: yes. What was your main reason for joining Rotary when you joined? Um, what did? What was your expectation? My, my main reason. Well, certainly the fellowship. Um, number one. Number two, I have a thing about education, and one initiative that my um, old club did was they created scholarship and grant programs for people who were not college-bound, who were not just graduating from high school. They were they enabled people, gave money, created this, they called it Welcome Back Home. There's a health scholarship. So you could be 42 years old, a single mother, and get some help to continue your, maybe your your. Um, a, an assistant nurse do something like that, and I was very impressed with that. That the that because I think education should be obtainable and available for all of us. This is America, for goodness sake. Now, Ed Kalinka, you've gotten all this information out of uh, Sarah O'Connell. That's uh, how, how I'm done. <laughs> how, how, how are you going to uh, implement this in your in your study? Well, what, one of the things you recognize is that she had mentioned two things. She had mentioned that she went there for the fellowship. This corresponds with the social need for socialization. The other thing she mentioned was the wonderful scholarship programs that were available, and that touches upon the altruistic. You know, so Rotary was really founded in 1905 as a, a small group of businessmen that got together. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about from the study is when I asked people what avenues of service they most enjoyed, community service by far was number one, followed by international service. Uh, and what lagged completely behind, and, and club service as well came in third, but what was totally lacking was vocational service. And we'll get into your study a bit more after I remind everyone they're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on the Hudson Valley Talk Radio. This is Jonah Trebowasser. My co-host is the forthcoming and very uh, candid Sarah O'Connell. Our special guest, Ed Kalinka from Florham Park, New Jersey, talking about his uh, study, Why Rotarians, Why Rotarians Volunteer. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary in just 60 seconds. In 1985, while polio was paralyzing 1,000 children a day, Rotary International committed to a goal, a goal of ending polio worldwide. Very soon now, after contributing nearly $600 million and immunizing over 2 billion children, the goal will be achieved. Eradicating polio worldwide. That is humanity in motion. That is Rotary. 
Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell, and welcome back to this edition of Radio Rotary. I am here with my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser, sitting president of Red Hook Rotary. And our very special guest is Ed Kalinka. And we've been talking about a fascinating topic, what gets people to jump on board and volunteer, very specifically um, Rotary. And Ed, where did we leave off? Because we were in the middle of a great thought. So well, help bring us back around. We, we were looking... Well. Jonah had asked that we analyze what your statements were. But one of the important things you had mentioned was that Rotary had been a good old boys network. And Rotary didn't allow women to join up until around 1980 or so. 87. That's, okay. a, that's always a trivia question for me, is that is it uh, what year were women um, invited, allowed yeah. to become encouraged. Rotarians, right. encouraged to be Rotarians. When I joined, they, they came right out and said that. Well, it, it, They were looking for women. Yeah, and, and what we need to understand and embrace is our cultural differences and embrace the idea that we need to, in Rotary, which is a, a global community, invites everybody of all na- you know, nationalities, races, creeds, sexual preference. It doesn't matter. You know, we need to let the public know that we're an organization that it's easily for them to get involved in, whether it's going to be at Early Act, Interact, Rotaract, or Rotary. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's crucial for us to understand when we're looking at membership, we need to plant the seeds of Rotary. Correct. You and know, so you, you, what they say, certainly in foundations, you said in, in um, fundraising and things like that, volunteerism, you don't get the pizza unless you place the order. Absolutely. I love that. I never heard that before. <laughs> There you go. You, know, I, you can use it, Jonah. Thank you. Since I had to be in therapy on the That's air, right. you can certainly steal right. some of my lines. Now, Ed Kalinka, let's talk a little bit again about your uh, your uh, study here. Um, you did all the groundwork. You've how many people did you interview? We other inter- than Sarah, <laughs> we had eighteen uh, respondents. All right, and um, you formulated your your theories and and your findings. Tell us a little bit about your actual findings. List them out for us. Well, uh, in our findings, we you know we found demographically we found that the relationship of the number of women to men was about twenty four percent women to about seventy five percent men, which is pretty consistent to uh, the uh, demographics of Rotary. You know, there is a great need for more women to become involved, and for Rotary to encourage women to become involved. But we also found is the average age of the respondents was around 60, 60 years and. 60 years and six months mm-hmm. of age, uh, which means that we're a club like many civic organizations, once again, echoing the sentiments found in Putnam's study and bowling alone, that you know we need to reach out to Generation X, Generation Y, and the Millennium Generation and give them a voice. Well, you know, Ed, you have a very interesting point here because I know I was involved, very heavily involved in Scouts, and I was an older father. I was 10 years older than everybody else. And to try and get young fathers to come out on camping trips or, or anything like that, or now to get young people, people in their 30s, 20s, into Rotary or any other organization, church, synagogue, you name it, the first thing they're saying is, well, I'm working two jobs. I don't have the time. I don't have the, the energy. Um, how do we solve that social economic problem? Uh, once again, to use a frame from Goldman, we need to become mindful. We need to become aware. We need to become aware of our feelings, aware of our emotions, and aware of the fraying of our social fabric. You know, we have gotten away and strayed away from that face-to-face interaction, and we're involved with texting and iPods and what have you. And Rotary is an actual in-your-face, look-to-help-you-feel-the-pain-feel-the-joy type of organization. 
It's 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 one on one. You get to meet your neighbors. You get to have some fun with people, some fellowship, and and do some good work. And in fact, if people are listening out there and say, "Gee, you know, you've convinced me, Ed Kalinka, you've convinced me I want to join Rotary," you should just go on your computer to rotary.org, R-O-T-A-R-Y.org, O-R-G. Click on the club locator button. Put in the name of your hometown. You will find the local Rotary Club. And when they meet, they will be delighted to have you come in, be their guest for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, depending on when they meet, and learn all about Rotary and what they're doing locally. Now, Ed Klinka, tell us a little about your own club out in Florham, Florham Park. I'm, I'm butchering that every time. Floral Park? Floorham Park. Because there's a Floral Park, New York. Absolutely. Uh, tell us about your own Rotary Club. What kind of things do they do? Well, actually, we're, talk, you know, we're, we're talking about, we mentioned about you know, empowering uh, members and giving them a voice. Uh, we have a, a, a new member who really has a, a place in his heart for working with disabled children. And when we, we approached the club and asked the club for ideas, what should our community project be this year, Joe came up with the idea that, you know what, we need to have a fishing derby for wheel, wheelchair-bound children. So, Joe, you know, we stoked Joe's passion, supported him, and we've, you know, he's been able to create, along with the club's help, to create this fishing derby at a local pond, which we are going to have stocked and have, you know, children from several schools that work with disabled and wheelchair-bound uh, children and young adults. And so we are going to be having that fishing derby, as well as we, this May 19th, we're going to have a, a program called Rumble for Rotary which is a motor poker run, which is a motorcycle run uh, being held uh, in conjunction with the uh, Rockaway Club. Well, that's terrific. You know, when you said Rumble for Rotary, I'm glad you explained that because you and I know that I was in police work with a <laughs> dear friend, of, a mutual friend of ours, and I uh, Dom be- Cordisco, and in our uh, day, a rumble uh, was a gang war. Well, Dom Verecchio. Dr. Dom, Dom Verecchio, Dom, yeah. Dom Cordisco I, I, is an attorney I used to work with. Dom Verecchio and I went to school together. Dom, Dom Verecchio has been very special as, as working as a mentor for me at the uh, Seton Hall University's uh, EDS program. Uh, wonderful fella and a, uh, a great supporter uh, of Rotary. Right, but when we were in police work, Rumble meant something else, yeah. <laughs> so um, where have you circulated your... Uh, I'm, I'm glad, yes, go ahead. I got you mentioned, because I started my study, which uh-huh. mentioned about Rumble for Rotary, or Rumble. We started my study with a quote from uh, Gladwell that talks about Kitty Genovese. Well, let's remind everybody what the Kitty Genovese uh, uh, for- case was all about. This is a young lady who was a, a, a waitress, came off the subway train, was walking home, and was attacked three times by uh, someone... Um, repeatedly over a half an hour. Right. And people heard their screams, and no one called what used to be Spring 3100, the old 911. No one called the police because they didn't want to get involved. If they had called the first time, most likely should have lived. Right. And, and, and when they did it, when they interviewed these 38 people you know, who witnessed this over this half-hour period and asked them, why? Why didn't you just pick up the phone, you know, call out? you know, intervene in some way. If anyone ever had, perhaps she would have lived. And the question, and their answer was, well, I thought someone else was going to do it. Right, or I didn't, I, I had to go to work in the morning, I didn't want to stay up, or my wife wouldn't let me. And the right. sad thing is, knowing one of the police officers from my days of police work who was on that case, he said, do you know when the people came out? When the ambulance came to take the body away. Then they all came out to look. Well, the same thing applies to joining Rotary. Rotary is an organization of men and women looking to promote goodwill and humanity throughout the world. We do great things. I mean, the, to the, the, the program for End Polio Now is a program which is on the scale of the mobilization of the troops for World War II. 
And it was through the vision and tenacity and passion of Rotary that's making that possible. You know, we do so many great things from the rotoplasts, uh, rotoplast surgeries to providing clean water uh, to remediation of landmines. Uh, and all these are wonderful things. But still, we've got the greater community that's thinking, you know, someone else is going to do it. Ed Kalinka, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. It's been a delight to have you, and, and you're the kind of person who makes us proud to be Rotarians. And Sarah O'Connell, tell us, who brought us Radio Rotary this week? Just in time, huh? <laughs> Nobody and knows I'm, you left, dear. Oh, well, I'm back, and it is Radio Rotary, sponsored by District 7210 in the clubs of Arlington Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, Millbrook, New Paltz, Pleasant Valley, Red Hook, and Southern Ulster. Thank you so much, Ed. Thank you for having me. And for Sarah O'Connell and our... Wizard of the keyboard here, the engineer, Jay Verzi, a great, great talent. This is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you folks for tuning in to Radio Rotary right here on the Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Concert for Cancer will be held on May 30th at the Aegean Entertainment Complex, 33 Academy Street in Poughkeepsie, New York. The doors will open at 4 p.m. with tickets priced at $20 for kids up to 17 years old and $25 for adults 18 and over. The proceeds will benefit the American Cancer Society of Dutchess County. Concert for Cancer will feature Disney's chart-topper Tiffany Giardina, along with the 60s rock and roll group The Greyhounds. So remember, Concert for Cancer, May 30th at the Aegean Entertainment Complex with doors at 4 p.m. See you there.